brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, three guys and a girl trying to figure out which part of the world is Utopia they would live in. It's Sif Welcome to Sif Pop with Aaron and today. I'm Aaron. I'm Danae. Streaming live on Mixler every Friday at noon central or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Uh. Every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And today, it's two gurus. It's uh, Spencer and Daniel who I got a chance to meet. Uh, I do movie reviews for our local NBC affiliate, uh, KY3. They work there and are putting together a television segment for the same show that I do the movie review segment for. And so we kind of met as they were putting that together. And immediately I knew I'd love to have these guys on the show and chat about movies and television and all that stuff. Visualize, if you will, that Daniel and Spencer are basically glued cheek to cheek (laughs) using one microphone for our viewing pleasure. And just for clarification. You got to do what you got to do. Just for clarification, those would be the face cheeks. Just because, yep. you know, Aaron. there are multiple cheeks on the human body. I just wanted to... Why would their rears be <laughs> facing the microphone? Come on! I have no idea. How are you guys doing uh, today? Good, good. I hope that this Gorilla Glue can actually wash off if it comes out with hot water and oh, soap, right? Oh. I hope so. I'm a little I, worried about that. You should not have used the Gorilla Glue. I apologize, okay. guys. That was a mistake on your part. I did not get those memos. <laughs> you should have gone with hodgepodge. So tell us a little bit about okay. your your uh, love for pop culture, like individually and how you got together. And when did you guys, you know, start bouncing TV and movies off each other? Sure. Uh, we first met at oh, Mizzou in college, <laughs> freshman yeah. year. And we've been producing short films ever since, and we, we've been working here at KY3 KSBR for the last two, three years. And we just, I'm a, I'm a huge TV guru myself. I've been like a diehard Lost fan when that show was running. Yeah, you were. I actually had a Lost Club in college and um, did podcasting after that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, pop culture is just, it's so much fun. I'm, I'm just, I'm addicted to TV. That, that's my problem. I'm, I'm so addicted to it, I got to work in it now. That's, so. exa- <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> That's what I did. What about you, Daniel? Well, actually, it's like Spencer was saying, you know, we ended up meeting and it was kind of a conversation that started over lunch. And 
uh, I asked him, I'm like, hey, do you do you produce any short films or have? And so it just started from there because uh, we both met and we shared our love for uh, just in general entertainment. I'm, I'm a big entertainment buff. Um, I love TV, film, um, equally love uh, music, and I'm kind of just ingrained into the culture. And, and uh, a lot of the uh, short films that we've actually produced have always taken a lot of, whether it be film, TV, music at the time, and we incorporate that into whatever we're producing. And so that's kind of like our ode to whatever's happening at the time, or it's to kind of showcase what maybe inspired us. And so from all the above, it's just been one of those things that, you know, if we could talk entertainment all the time, we would, because it's that... It's, it's that fun, and uh, it seems like the conversation can just keep going and going and going. And, of course, if you get Spencer and I in a room, we could probably uh, talk until the end of time about all pop culture. And we almost have. And we almost have. <laughs> I think so. We haven't slept in eight years, by the way. <laughs> Well, cheek we, to cheek. We, we've only got an to hour today, so the end of time is not in play. But uh, oh, okay, but, I understand okay. time constraints. So until right. next time. Yeah. Okay. So you guys produce you produce films together or have done that? We have. Yeah. Um, that's, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Ever since, like uh, Spencer was saying, since uh, Mizzou, we actually have produced multiple short films. Uh, a few of them being award winning, and of course, here in Springfield, there is a film contest, Sado Forty Eight. You have 48 hours to complete a short film. In the last two years, Spencer and I have actually produced that. I mean, it goes from coming up with an idea to editing it and turning it in with wow. and the certain time limit within cool. 48 hours. Quite, quite the challenge, but um, well, but you guys don't sleep anyway, so it worked out fine. Exactly, <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. You were already yeah. trained. You already yeah. knew what you were going to do. Yeah, we were the inspiration behind <laughs> iRobot. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or it's the Zika virus, one or the other. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure <laughs> what's keeping us up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! What is uh, what would you say is like your shared passion in pop culture together? Like, what's that thing you guys connect about, TV show, movie, or otherwise? Would you say sci-fi? So I'd say sci-fi. Yeah, all because I mean, from the very beginning, we we deeply love Back to the Future, and um, that is kind of like our trilogy that we've always talked about. And time travel has always been something that you know, from film to TV. Um, Lost, of course, that was another big show as well that we always gushed about as much. But I, I would say sci-fi. Sounds like the smoke monsters in the room. Yeah, I know. Actually, what was oh that? Boy. He's <laughs> oh, just the man in black coming through. You <laughs> yeah. know. All right, yeah. run. <laughs> just, yeah, just exactly. run. You're gonna have to run cheek to cheek, but run. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we, we're we're in a circle of ash. I think we might be okay yeah. for just an hour here. We might buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> nice with the numbers. So okay. you guys watching uh, 11, 22, 63? Oh, Actually, read the book. Yep, phenomenal. Okay. I've yet to get. Here's the thing, we get, we got uh, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. We have Netflix. Mm-hmm. We have yet to get Hulu, which is very sad. I've heard nothing but good things about this series. Of course, when you, anytime you get J.J. Abrams in a room, yeah, you get Stephen King in a room. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna have total entertainment gold. But I mean, I am excited and stoked to see kind of the differences they have. With Jake yeah. Epping as that character in the novel it's versus James Franco, yeah, with yeah. James Franco I was gonna in say, the actual series. J.J. Abrams in in and uh, uh, Stephen King are one thing, but you know Franco. I mean, there's <laughs> the gold, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how you really get a project greenlit. Debatable. It's the, the, it's the icing on the cake. Let's well, be here real. You go. Uh, so yeah. Have, have you guys seen it? Yeah, I'm yeah. enjoying it. Uh, I think I'm through. I think there's three episodes. I'm through. Whatever, however three many episodes, there are. Yeah. yeah, there's three episodes out. Mm-hmm. I'm having a good time with it. Um, time travel is always a little bit tricky. 
But, uh, well, it is. but it's been interesting. For he sure. gets very paradox and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, he gets very specific about I get particular about my rules. time travel. Yes, yeah. and this is something that you've said ever since we've been doing our show yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Anything that involves time travel, it has to have a defined Define set of rules. rules because yeah, yeah. if exactly. you don't do that, then there's 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 too much nebulous going on. There's too much on. paradox. There's too, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. go ahead yep. and right from the beginning mm-hmm. define your rules of time travel for me, I can live in those for you. You know, I can suspend my dis- disbelief and and mm-hmm. live there for you. But if otherwise, it, it becomes a, a bit muddled for me. So absolutely, and not to jump and harp back to Lost, but I mean, at least they had a philosophy with whatever happened, happened. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So at least that was a locked thing. There's other shows like pun right now. Pun intended. Locked. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. No, no pun intended <laughs> there. Uh, <laughs> but like, I'm watching like Legends of Tomorrow, and they can cha- actually change the timeline. That's kind of the whole premise of the show, and so that's kind of interesting too because they're jumping around multiple ages and trying to stop uh, Vandal Savage from conquering the world in the year uh, 21. I believe it's 66. Mm-hmm. So again, it, the, each universe has to define their own uh, time yeah. travel rules. Otherwise, it gets very muddy, very confusing, and then you got to deal with the grandfather paradox, the ontological paradox, and then I'll stop with the scientific terms there. So. Best, and uh, then Terminators, eventually. Oh, yeah, then you had Terminator. So. Uh, the best best time travel movie, in my opinion, ever is 12 Monkeys. I think they handled it perfectly in that movie, but that's just oh. my opinion. Oh, interesting choice. What, what do you say makes it stand out? I think it's the whatever happened, happened philosophy is one I lean to, and yeah. 12 Monkeys portrays that in the clearest and most definite way I've ever seen a, a sci-fi movie do it. So I... Plus, it becomes part of kind of the plot and the twist and everything, and it's just, I thought it was really well put together. Is that also one of your favorite Brad Pitt films? I was going to say, Pitt's awesome in it, too, so that yeah. doesn't hurt. We did get a question from the chat that I wanted to throw at you guys, since you're lost, guys, and then sure. we'll uh, get into our uh, first segment. Did you like how it resolved? That's the question that everybody wants to know. The answer, for the most part, I think, culturally has been no, but what did you guys think? Uh Going into season six, coming from a season five that was very uh, scientifically driven with the Dharma Initiative in the 70s, as season six started, I was hoping so much for answers. But once I realized the direction that they were going, that it was going to have more of that spiritual character uh, driven ending, I actually was okay with it. I enjoyed the ending. It's very um, full circle with the first season. If you go back to the first season, it's very supernatural. There's no real science involved in it. They didn't really induce, uh, introduce the science until season two with the Dharma Initiative, Desmond pushing the button, that sort of thing. So honestly, I can understand why people are upset and they wanted definitive answers. But if Lost is a mere image of the human race and asking important questions, even in life itself, we can't answer everything. I mean, what? people have their religions. People have Science can only answer so much. And so, in my honest opinion, I feel like there are mysteries out there. Some people have theorized that the island of Lost is all representing time. Some people say it's God. Some people say it's just an uh, electromagnetic source. So you can go with that what you want. I think they leave the ending open so that you can interpret it how you wish. What about you, Daniel? Especially with the afterlife. I yeah I, I agree with Spencer. You know uh, the thing is too. I also am a uh, little more than about probably three quarters through the Dark Tower series. If you guys have read the novels, another C- Stephen King saga, and um, also this past week it was announced that uh, it's locked in that Matthew McConaughey and Hydra Elvis will be uh, starring in that film. But um, with that series kind of connected to Lost, it's ambiguous, and there are certain stories that. You know, I'm able to take a step back and enjoy 
the ambiguity of it being not necessarily fully defined and lost definitely i mean it, it had its flaws but at the same time i think i'm able to see it for what they presented and said you know it's 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 an idea that i'm totally accepting because getting into lost i saw more of this thrill ride i'm not necessarily saying like a thrill a minute like say 24 but it's one of those that it constantly kept you intrigued with the characters and this unique plot line and and how it was kind of morphing you into this you know transcending space and time idea and then whenever you get to the ending a lot of people had a kind of you know a well were, were was it always this way or was it that way without giving you know spoilers away right and i think uh with that being the case i was i was totally fine with the way that it ended up ending um like i said there there are a few things here and there that i guess if i were to be really picky about it then i could but i was i i i'm so glad to hear it with spencer that i was okay with the ending i didn't hate it by any means i'm I, so glad I, to hear it I, f- yeah. I always feel like I'm the only one. I actually loved the ending. I, I yeah. I'm, I'm an apologist for it. I, I because for me it was all like you said about the characters and the heart. And mm-hmm. I thought that final episode and that final season did a perfect job of bringing us back to why we cared about the show. And the Full other circle, yeah, mm-hmm. the other stuff was fun and it was interesting and it was fun to think about. But at the end of the day, it was about redemption and characters and yeah. in those kind of things. And, and so that's that's why I loved it. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm an unapolog- unapologetic apologist. For, Good, uh, you should for the be. for the end last uh, lost episode. All right, so that makes three of us. There Absolutely. you go. And and hey, I don't mind at all if it's twenty years from now or whatever. If I have to explain the ending to people, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> <laughs> for those who think you know, not to give spoilers away, That's but funny. they have a certain theory where it's like, well, no, you didn't get it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't go there. But no, I know the exact yeah. theory you're talking about. Um, yeah, all right. Well, let's get into mm-hmm. our first segment. Danae, what did I do us, wrong? Throw us some articles. <laughs> oh. We'll tell you whether or not we care about them. It's time for Do We Care? Yes. All right. The first one that I found says Shia LaBeouf's latest art stunt in Elevator is going down online. I absolutely care. I absolutely care about everything Shia does. What about you guys? Uh, I, I'd be interested to know a little more about this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would say so. I think I care too. Uh, so I'm in, I'm intrigued. Okay. I'm definitely intrigued. So he apparently is in he's in England and he has dedicated himself to being inside an elevator for 24 hours. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> he is going to be allowed to take bathroom breaks where he kind of like steps off the elevator and goes back in, which I was a little frustrated with. But it's live stream, but, so nobody wants to see but that. What's the point? Yeah, what, what, what is he what doing is he it for? I don't think that there's a there's a reason for it that I can. Like, I've, I've read Shia. through the article and it's not like to support awareness of blank. I, yeah, you know, elevator it's like, accidents. Um, I guess people are going on the elevator too. Like it's like a normal elevator people have to use. And so, oh, with him, oh, yeah. So is That's he, great. Is he the, the the bellboy then? I like it better now. I think he's just standing in the yeah. elevator. He just picked a random elevator in England. He's just gonna stay there for twenty four hours there, and live stream it. There's actually now. That's I love that idea because you can experiment with people. And Spencer and I did that after you know after just getting to know each other like within the first year. Mm-hmm. If you go into an elevator. And your behavior can greatly, um, I guess, be affect uh, affect those that yeah. also right. get on the elevator. So is Shia doing the same thing? I mean, that's that's really fascinating. They're for calling 24 it, hours. yeah, like is he playing with it, those? He's like, calling it a norms? performance art piece. Yeah. 
But okay. I don't know if it's performance as a character or if he's just being himself. Oh. I feel like he's just experimenting with humanity. Sure. Right. Which, which, is fine, which is fine. Have you ever done that thing where you're the only one in the elevator with another person and you decide to stand right next to them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just play with kind of <laughs> spatial norms and those kind of things. Or well, if you're it's in... really fun. It's really fun when you get a group of friends and you face backwards. Oh, yes. And then when people enter the elevator, will they join you? And they do. Almost and they always. Do. They, yep. they will try to be like everybody else and face the, the other way. So Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. really interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I definitely would be interested to see more about that. Well, then get on, get on the Google, buddy. Just do it. Just do Just it. Just do it. So <laughs> <laughs> live streaming Shia in an elevator. Yeah. Yeah. And what I can't tell because it's in England, I can't tell if it started and then it's ending this morning or tomorrow morning. Like, I'm not sure about the time differences because there's already been a couple of tweets that have been... You know, like, just met Shy in the elevator. <laughs> Apparently, the other- <laughs> I had a dark conversation compared to everyone else. So I don't know what's going the on. The other thing that would be interesting to know is if this was pre-planned or he just showed up in an elevator one day and said, you know, I'm going to stream this for 24 hours. You know, like, yeah. was it spur of the moment or, you know, was it pre-planned? That's the best With Shy, it could be either way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next one is new Lego set features stay-at-home dad and working mom. Do we care? Interesting. Oh, yeah. It is interesting. Um, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I I mean, no, no, I don't really care. That's I yeah I, I don't I I'm gonna I'm gonna say yeah just yeah. because I I don't know I wanna why I'm gonna say yes too which means we're we're in a oh, dead split. even. So oh, what jury. happens with a hung jury? So I'll just give a real brief just okay. like a teeny bit more exactly okay, what you geez. think. They are releasing new characters that include uh, people in wheelchairs, single dads that have babies. I saw the wheelchair Lego. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, oh. the single dad one comes with a stroller and a baby in the stroller uh-huh. and then like a bottle. So I think they're just trying diversity, to. Yeah, they're like. trying yeah. to promote okay. some diversity, which I think is really neat, uh, on, mm-hmm. especially on the heels of Barbie doing what they did. Yeah, I was going to say, sure. it's much like the Barbie mm-hmm. change that happened recently. Yep. And I, I mean, I think it's good for creators of any kind of content to think about how their content impacts cultural norms and right. how people see things yep. and all those kind of things. So, I mean, it's it's valuable. All right. So the last one is Leonardo DiCaprio wins his first Oscar ever for Revenant Roll. Do we care? I yeah. care. Yes. And the yeah, entire absolutely. internet says, yes, yes we, we care. Yeah, absolutely. So, Why, though? Why do we care so much? Why did Leo become such a like project for the internet? Such an ad. Well, yeah. Since yeah. Titanic. I mean, we've just rooting for this character. Since Gilbert Grape. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. It's true. Yeah. There's been a lot of uh, people every year. And I think that the internet's kind of fun because then the memes come out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So now it's like the meme has officially died. There's no more, you know memes or gifs showing Leonardo crawling towards something he can't get to. Now it shows him crawling towards <laughs> it with a bear on top of him getting to the Oscar. So Minus the Girl Scout cookies. Because that was the big <laughs> meme. Have you guys seen it? That was I think that was the picture of the night. In that my was opinion. is that where he was yeah, it's like who cares about the Oscar? I just got Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. 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 I think you got Morgan Freeman on stage oh, that was too. So Same funny. thing. Same or, thing. And Morgan he like reached over and stole him. Did you see that? It was so good. Well, he does play God. I think he can get, he can get away he with can that. He can do that. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> I think God's probably got an eternal stash of Girl Scout cookies. He's probably loaded up on yeah. the Thin Mints. I don't think he's he's yeah. wanting. There's a lot of <laughs> other Oscarless actors out there like Johnny Depp, uh, Johnny Depp. Oh, poor Joaquin Johnny. Phoenix, yeah. Edward Norton, you know, Harrison like Ford. Depp. 
he's like the Hugh Laurie. Like, he keeps getting nominated for things, and he just never wins. And I just, I, I feel bad for the well, guy. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Who's next? Do we think it's Depp? Like, is Depp now, like, the big cause? Do we need to... <sighs> okay, let me go through the other ones, and you can tell me. Okay. There's just a couple okay. more. Okay, there's uh, John Travolta, mm. uh, Gary Oldman. Oh, oh Oldman should have good. an Oscar. Gary gets my vote. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr., Liam Neeson, Bradley Cooper, Liam. Sigourney Weaver, and Amy Adams were the ones that were mentioned That's in this right, article. Sigourney never won. Yeah, that is oh, wow. Amy Adams is interesting, too, because she's played some yeah. great roles, too. So um, if you I, had to give it to one... Oldman. I, for Oldman. me, it's Gary Oldman. I, he's such a phenomenal actor. He and, really is. And uh, yeah, he'd it's, be number one for it's me surprising well. to me that, that he has. Has he been nominated? What's he been nominated for? Do you know? Um, I can do a quick Google search. <gasps> You've got Google? With my smartphone. <laughs> Didn't Gary Oldman play? Um, yes. Yeah. In okay. the Fifth Element. Yes. Yes. How did you read him? See, this is why I don't Gordon. have to know anything. <laughs> Somebody reads my mind. It's an amazing superpower. <laughs> I don't ever have to know. <laughs> it's the power of Gary Oldman. Well, and he makes great villains too. I mean, even the underrated movie Book of Eli. Yeah. I mean, what a great character. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it'd be really interesting to see uh, if he ever even got a nomination. Honestly, I'm going to say I'm rooting for Oldman, but I think the next person from that list that will win an Oscar will be Bradley Cooper hmm. because of because of David Russell films and him starring in you know some like indie projects as well. I I'm I'm going to say probably Bradley Cooper and then Amy Adams. Huh. As far as like who list. you think would actually be up, because it just well, depends on what yeah. they do next. It's not like exactly. we can give it to yeah. them based on what they've done in the past. But right, yeah. And so it depends on what kind of like their arc and you're mm-hmm. right i think that those two are maybe involved in more projects they have more maybe ahead of them but you know they never you never know you never know what movie that's is going to pop out that's going to have some yeah. great role so oldman was nominated a couple years ago for tinker taylor soldier spy that's the only oh, nomination yeah, he's, he's right. ever yeah. he's ever had that's right so which, well there we go which I'm kind of in the minority on that i actually didn't enjoy that movie i thought he was great in it but i found the movie yeah. a little bit boring for me but yeah, I, no, I, I'm right there with you, Aaron, because it was funny. At the time, I was uh, dating somebody, and we went to see that movie as a date night. She fell asleep in the first 15 minutes. And I watched, <laughs> no joke. And I watched it all you know, by myself. Oh. And there were like five people in the theater. Oh, and um, and so later, uh, I, was, I thought the same thing. I thought Oldman is just so fascinating. I, I love Oldman so much. But he was, in my opinion, probably the best part of that film. Yeah. Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Snore. Am I right? <laughs> no, no. I see what you did there. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to talk about Zootopia? Let's do it. Let's sure. do it. Normally, okay. we have a clip. Um, thanks for bringing attention to the fact that we don't this Aaron, time today. All Aaron. we had to do, all we had to do, was just keep talking about it. But no, today's like, hey guys, that thing we usually do, we don't do this. We're time. not doing it right now, so we'll have to make it up in our minds. Everybody, just take a pause for a moment. Why don't you do it? Since visualize. you brought it up, okay. you, Im- okay. Danae, you right. imitate the clip for Zootopia. <gasps> Oh, yes. I'm a bunny and I want to be big time. You can't be big time because you're a bunny. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> there you go. There There's it the clip. is. All right, we're all caught up. <laughs> so Zootopia is the latest from Disney Animation. They've been on quite the hot streak uh, since John Lasseter took over executive producing uh, at the full animation there. And you think of movies like Big Hero 6 and Frozen and uh, many others. And then... You come to Zootopia, and this is a story about a bunny rabbit, like we already uh, insinuated, who decides to be a police uh, police animal, I guess is what you would say, in the Zootopia police force. And this has never happened before. A bunny rabbit has never been a police officer. But she goes for it anyway, and she has to confront her ideas of 
uh, I would say, judgment based on other species and the predator-prey thing as they kind of figure out what's going on with a very interesting case that breaks there in Zootopia. Aaron and I are the only ones that saw this film for this quick review. So Mm -hmm. if you guys have anything to add, I know, I think, Daniel, you said that you did some research on the the movie and things like Mm -hmm. that. Spencer, if you've got anything to add, questions, that's fine. But we always start with, did you like it? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Was it just okay? Mm-hmm. Aaron, what do you think? I loved it. You loved it? I really did. I, I really loved I, it too. I, I thought it was phenomenal. Uh, they are. They have just, they really get how to tell a story. You love these characters. They're it evolving in their storytelling. Yeah. And, and it feels like it, there's such a difference between a movie where the characters, especially in animation, are just there to serve jokes and characters that are there to serve story. And they really get the idea that, that even these animated cartoon animals play such a vital role in us caring about the story. And so, you know, you really kind of dig into them in that way. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It was a great ride from beginning to end. I was uh, I was really excited on how they told this particular story. One of the things I'm loving about more modern day storytelling, and this will play into my review for Fuller House here in just a little bit when we go over that. <laughs> oh, yes. that that's going to be fun. Yeah. Is, is that... Um, what Disney is doing is we've seen so many storylines at this point in our life. If you're involved in television and movies and, you know, you're not really surprised about a lot anymore. You can kind of see something's coming. Yeah. Um, they progress the story really quickly in a few ways and they let some of it draw out mm-hmm. in other ways where you can actually sit back and be surprised a little bit that, uh, oh, that's just developed already. We just learned that fact, you know, Mm -hmm. like 20 seconds ago. That's exciting. So there's so much more left to see. You get that feeling that you're not dragging on to the very end where you're finally going to know exactly what happens. You're like, oh, I'm excited that that there's more coming. Yeah, there's a lot of Because they've already resolved this, 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 and Mm -hmm. this. And I love feeling like that in any movie. Uh, You pair that with feeling really fun that you're watching all these animals and there's so much to look at, so much color, so much beauty in this in this movie. So I had a fantastic time. And creative thinking, right? right. Not just color and beauty, but also the idea of a fully realized world. It is world. a fully realized world. Yeah. And yeah. so you, you know, every new place you go to, you're like, oh, that makes so much sense why they would do it that way in this yeah. world or that way in this world. It's like you can imagine at the very, um, there's a moment when the little bunny moves from, you know, uh, the farming community, you know, into the big, into the big city. Yeah. And... When the bunny is moving, I think her name is Judy, when she's moving from point A to point B on this train and we're kind of like experiencing the city with her, we're kind of seeing the environment we're going to be living in throughout the rest of this movie. And you're like, you're discovering with her the complexity of this world. And there's every kind of creature imaginable there. And you can kind of imagine around the round table with these guys developing the story like, okay, guys. Your team, small animal, you know, Mm -hmm. your team, teeny tiny, smaller animal than you thought of before. Okay, you guys are the big animals and you have to think of a way that you would function inside of a city where everybody's together. So it's really I wish I would have been in those meetings because they develop some really creative ways to visually tell us how everybody can function under one kind of city roof, so Dan- to speak. Daniel and Spencer, tell us a little yep. bit about your, you know, kind of thoughts in just whatever marketing you've seen for it, whatever research you've done. What is the movie, uh, you know, what are some questions well, you have or what are some thoughts that you guys have? Yeah, well, Ron Tomatoes almost gives it a perfect score. It's at a 99. Audience gives oh, it a yeah? 94. Oh, it's yeah. so Yeah, good. It's, it's highly well, rated. Well, and the crazy thing is last night, as I was telling you guys before we got the show started, 
uh, I was looking at that and looking at, you know, the show times for it, and it was at 100%. And I thought, what? I have not seen a film, even an animated film, at that at 100%. And, of course, now it's sitting at 99%. But uh, for critics, that is. But it, it's, uh, it's crazy because I know with everything I'm hearing, I've heard nothing but good things, even people, you know, talking about going to see it, preparing to see it, but also the marketing behind it has been pretty insane. Absolutely. Uh, because I, I actually found something that was really fascinating, that they actually created the Real Housewives of Zootopia on Bravo. <laughs> what? And, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Oh, yeah, my like, goodness. Yeah, the marketing behind the film. It's just because, I mean, leading up to the Oscars, you had the um, how they were parroting the films that were up for nomination and a few TV spots. And then you also had them, you know, long before that, doing some really interesting marketing for the film itself. And so I think, you know, behind this idea, not only do they have this very unique story from what I've read about, but it's also this this idea of they that, okay, you know what, we're going to go all hands on deck. We are going to make like this really zany marketing uh, ploy. That's if amazing. You're, if you're, I mean, if you're original in that, you're able to attract people because one of my big concerns is that you see the same trailer over and over and yeah. over again, and it reveals everything about the film. That's why we show. don't watch trailers. That's yeah. true. We are trailer free. We go in without idea. any kind of concept of what is happening. In fact, I think I went up to it. I said, I'm looking for a zoology zoo. I'm looking for a zoo movie. <laughs> And Zoo something. Because the guy hadn't replaced the banner for the right, the, the right. theater just yet, mm-hmm. so it was still for something else, and I, I didn't know where I was supposed to be going. And so right. he so he had to tell me, Zootopia? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's you know, I really don't have any. <laughs> but, but what you're describing is really great because at the very end of this movie, I wanted more. I wanted to mm. be in that world longer. So for me, it's kind of like, oh, now I want to go back and watch that Housewives yeah. things because I want to go back and live inside that universe that yeah. they created. Well, and that's, that's the thing that I love with films that end up using extras, and they go out of their way to really try to market it and show that not only are, I mean, it's not just the film, but they're trying to, like, provide this world. like get, They give create you, their own universe that's so unique yeah, to its story. And draw you in. And draw you in you've got to see more. Yeah. I, lo- I love those kind of ideas, as opposed to just like seeing a trailer for the film, you're getting much more than that. Right. And like the yeah. Real Housewives of Zootopia, that's a really interesting Do you guys thing. see this as a top front runner for next year's Oscars for animated? Uh, yeah. I hope so. I mean, there's oh. not much There's not much <clears throat> else to go with right now. But, yeah, I mean, um, it's still early in the year, but... Absolutely. I, I think this one for me, I usually try to forget about movies I just saw because I don't enjoy movies all that much. Uh-huh. But this one, I'm like, I really think this one's going to stick with me it felt like and this is something i said right after the movie and i love it when a movie does this to me because usually i'm like oh that was great glad i visited there we don't have to go back with this Mm. movie i was like i want to see sequels yeah like i want to go back to this world like i I, there are more stories to tell here what was one of your favorite parts kind of you know best thing worst thing well let's talk about the great stuff first of all the voice cast is perfect i agree for this and what disney has done and this this comes from lassiter he did this with pixar too is they cast their voices based on character instead of based on name, like, you know, names that you might know. For instance, main character, Lieutenant Judy or whatever, the bunny, is uh, Jennifer Goodwin. Now, you may not know that name, but she's Snow on Once Upon a Time. I knew I recognized her so, voice. Uh, I knew I recognized but, her voice. But like, here's hilarious. the thing. She's perfect for that character. Oh, yeah. And nobody may know really who she is, um, 
Bateman's great. Now, people do know who Jason mm-hmm. Bateman is, but he is perfect for uh, the Fox that's in this, who we haven't even <laughs> talked about uh, in his great. Uh, Alan Tudyk, who you may know from Firefly and some other things, mm-hmm. does great in this. And then here's the other thing. They cast actual voice actors, which I love, too, instead of you know, you know screen actors. Uh, like, Do you guys know who John DiMaggio is? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He does the voice in uh, Adventure Time for... Um, Adventure Time! Come on and grab your <laughs> yeah, friends. Yeah, that's the one. We'll go to very distant uh-huh. lands. Jake the dog and Finn the yeah, human. The the we'll never end. It's adventure time. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, he's the voice of Jake Sorry. the dog. He's also the voice of uh, Bender and Futurama. And so he's just, he's yep, a well-known. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who was he in it? John DiMaggio. Uh, which character was he? Jerry Jumbo Jr. I don't know who that is. Do you remember? I see, I'm having no. trouble too. But I'm just saying, my thing is that they cast based on people who will do a great job at, in, at getting character right instead of, you know, casting big names that they can put on a marquee, and I really think that's mm-hmm. valuable. One of the yeah. things I felt was really, and I'm curious, uh, Daniel and Spencer, if uh, you, your guys' research kind of talked about any of this stuff, they did an expert job of bringing attention to some very serious topics. Mm-hmm. Like, very serious topics. We're talking about racism, mm-hmm. uh, like, and then fearlessness and how you fail identity politics identity politics labeling people judging people like it was uh, it was so like i mean it was real it was real stuff like you're sitting there going yeah like and still accessible for all totally applicable to our life today yeah uh you know dealing with you know the predator versus prey um, mm-hmm. where you can't judge all of the predators because not all of them are the same, but then are they? There was I mean, a, it was just, it was serious, a but lot they the, did such a good job a of, lot of doing the, it. A lot of that predator-prey stuff was very much a you know, stand-in for race stuff. Yeah. And oh, it, absolutely. And it was... Um, it was powerful. It, it Because they went places. Yep. They didn't They didn't tiptoe around nope. some things, you know? They had <clears> some really strong imagery. Did you guys have any anything that you saw about that? And what you're well, looking for? Well, on io9, I was reading this article, but they also m- mentioned the point of like Nazi cats versus Jewish mice. And they don't specifically say that in the film, obviously, but they have a, a lot of connotations to that, to hmm. the whole kind of Nazi Germany situation. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Well, yeah. You guys are talking about imagery. And on top of that, the other fascinating thing was um, that I've seen that they the film uses a lot of Easter eggs uh, to you know, past pop culture and, and film and TV. And um, one one photo that I saw, and this was actually a couple of days ago, uh, last week actually, and it was about um, kind of like this Godfather type setting and how they are able to, you know, give this imagery and people who are, you know, well-known in the world and and entertainment, they would end up recognizing those things. But it's fascinating that they're taking a story like this and they're using things that parents and, uh, you know, the older generation would be able to say, oh, yeah, I recognize that, while bringing light or at least, you know, topic to some really major issues. Major issues. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's so accessible. It is. It is. But we're centered around the story of Judy the Bunny who wants to change the world and she's got that, you know, bright-eyed uh love personality where she just wants to go out and do good. And through this film, they do not pull back from showing the dark side of humanity, but mm. in this in this case using animals to show it to us. Anim- animalanity. Animalanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. uh, by the end of the movie, 
we kind of come to a place, at least I did and as an audience, that the message is really being given that despite all of the dark parts, we choose to try to be, you know, address if we've made a mistake, address it and don't fear making mistakes because you're going to make them. So Mm -hmm. if you've messed up, don't give up. Keep moving forward. Keep trying to make a difference. And yes, it doesn't mean that the world is going to become a better place. But I think that I'm like thinking about these kids just absorbing this message, whether they really get it or not, you know, whether they really truly understand it it or not. Because at the end of the movie, we had two different kind of reactions because Aaron's had two boys that were there. One, his younger one was like, that was scary a couple times. (laughs) And the other one's like, I really wish I would have paid more attention to what was on the bunny's playlist. You know, so it's like maybe they don't they're not walking out of the theater, you know, thinking about changing the world. But it certainly has been delivered to them in in a way that if they go back and watch it again, that they feel maybe empowered. And I really liked that. Well, now, Aaron, your your boys are two years apart. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It was my younger two. Uh, they're 11 and 13. OK. When I was thinking, you know, the other fascinating thing with that is whenever you go and especially a film like this, from what I've, I've been seeing, is that you walk away and everybody has a different reaction to it, like a different interpretation of this is how it made me feel. These are the issues that I really honed in on and picked up. And I think that's really illustrative through uh, your boys, Aaron, from what they said, because a lot of films, it's so fascinating. I love films like that. Whenever you're you're able to like take a step back and say, you know, what did I take from this movie? What what was it that I liked the most? And, it, and, it's, and it's not necessarily like the visuals or the special effects, but it's like the story and these the messages behind it. And I think that's really fascinating because you know some might take it to be a little more um, serious or scary, or someone else might end up you know sitting next to their friend or brother or. You know, Dad, it's it's like, oh, well, this was actually something that I like some of the lighter tones. Mm-hmm. And I, it's it's so fascinating whenever you have films like that. Yeah, they I, did a good job of that, too. Yeah, yeah, my son Christian was very interested in the humor of the movie, which, by the way, we haven't talked a oh, lot yeah. about, but it's very funny. Another and major it, and positive. It and, you know, some of those puns with, you know, he's specifically talking about the pun songs yeah. uh, that were on the playlist that had, you know, animal names for, you because know, Because this known movie songs. exists in our time in a way. Yeah, yeah, You know, exactly. they're using modern technology and things And there like was that. a moment where there were, uh, you know, like pun <laughs> DVDs, like yeah. bootleg DVDs. And instead of like Tangled, it was, you know, Wrangled or something yeah. like that, you know. So <laughs> yeah. uh, that kind of stuff was really, really funny. And then my other son was talking about the darkness of this movie, which we also haven't really spent a lot of time on. Mm-hmm. The, well, we spent thematically right, talking right, about it. Right, right, right. There, there are some moments the visual in this. Presentation. The visual presentation are almost horror movie like. Yes. In that there are there are a couple jump scares. There and are. And and your youngest son, he actually said, "I don't think that I would want anybody under the age of eight, nine to see this." Like he yeah. felt like he was right on the cusp. That's what of, he told me. He said, "Dad, this should have been PG 10 <laughs> <laughs> So he was like, he he was he was really taken by that. Now, granted, he was also sitting on the front row, <laughs> right in true. the middle. That's true. And the screen was in front of his face, so at the jump part, it was <laughs> you know jumping like literally at his face. So. All right, quickly. That scare uh, me. Quickly, yeah. Danae, did you have anything you didn't like? about the movie it ended (laughs) you loved it huh uh you know if i really thought about it there there might be a couple of things um there there were you know they're going to make they're going to have their people that they make fun of and they you know you have like the the hillbillies Uh uh, you know um, and the, they, hick, the hick carrot and farmers. They kind of poked a little bit at the Christian hick farmer. And yeah. that happens to be the Ozarks where I grew up. So <laughs> kind of hit home a little bit. I was like, you know, we're not all quite like that. Okay. Um, 
No, I really, I, I did like that. I, before we, before, oh, I'll do this with my one more thing. What okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I had a similar moment with the, uh, the animal nudist colony. Oh, where I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> It was no, it was oh really funny, God. but I'm like, it was it was cruder than I'm used to Disney movies oh, really? being. Yeah, it was very. Oh it was my like, gosh! It was like, wow, that's you had kids in the room too. I know, I but, know. I was but like, it's that's... funny because they're animals and they're already I nude in our world. Okay, I know, okay. I know. Anyway, anyway. I get why it's funny. Oh I'm gosh. just saying it was a little cruder than I was used to. And right, I'm just right. Like, that's true. That's really interesting. Um, and then, <laughs> do, do you think the film was too mature for a younger? No, audience? no, I don't. Okay. I don't. Uh, I mean, I I think it may scare uh, some younger younger kids. Oh my gosh! Uh, but they're they're gonna be fine. Look, I mean. <laughs> Naked people, naked animals are funny. I mean, I, I get it. I can't move on now. <laughs> the other uh, thing, the other thing was for me, and you may disagree with this because I heard you say something about um, mm -hmm. about the opposite of this. Mm -hmm. I felt like some of it was a little too predictable. Like I felt like some mm -hmm. of it, I knew exactly oh, yeah. where it was going. Sure, sure, sure. But again, like you said, that comes from just understanding how stories work. Right. What it had going for it, and the reason that didn't impact me in a hugely negative way is there was so much going on story-wise that even when yeah. I knew like one yep. or two things were going to happen, there was a third thing that yep. I didn't see coming. That's, that's what I'm saying. It was the very rich in how they yeah. approached it. Yeah. Uh, my one more thing before we move on to Fuller House is I really loved that there's this moment where you've got this adorable bunny, right, You know, going into the big city mm -hmm. as a cop, going against all of these judgments against bunnies and all this stuff. So everyone has labeled her as this cute bunny that can't mm -hmm. do anything. Okay. That's the whole, like we're rooting for the bunny. She a couple of times says, listen, I know that you don't know this, but it's okay for a bunny to call another bunny cute, mm -hmm. but for someone else to call a bunny cute, it's actually kind of insulting. And I thought, what a smart way to talk about, that there are some times when you know when in community in community you can call each other things, but outside of that, like it something can be insulting to someone you never see it coming. Oh, right. And they use they use that cute bunny as that example. And I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, there are many, many things like that. Yeah. Um, What's your one more thing? Uh, you know, I think I've said everything I need to say. Cool. Uh you know, it's it's a great film. It's really well done and it's very meaningful and had a great time. So, so I think I'm good with that. What about you guys? You have one more thing? Well, actually, I just want to ask you guys, because as you mentioned at the very beginning, coming you know, hot off the heels of the success of Big Hero 6 and then Frozen, of right. the last three uh, from the studio, what you guys like Zootopia the best of the three? Wow. Ooh, that's a good question. I like Big Hero 6 the best. Really? Yeah, I, I like Big okay. Hero 6. I, Big Hero 6 is such a great film for me. There's just so much wish fulfillment in mm -hmm. that film. Like, you know, as a little boy you mean, like, and robots. Being able to be, and, okay, yeah. Just like, yeah. That and like How to Train Your Dragons like that for me too. Like, it's just one of those wish fulfillment movies where it's just mm -hmm. almost perfect. So, and I and I still even as as overplayed as Frozen's soundtrack has has been, I still mm -hmm. proclaim that as a, a great movie too. I think for me, it's like it's like you know ranking Cool Ranch versus regular Doritos. I mean, they're both amazing. <laughs> like I don't I mean, sure. Ah, uh, that's a hard question. I maybe there's a little bit of that wish fulfillment for Frozen for me because. Uh -huh. I've always wanted to have some sort of ability to have a superpower mm -hmm. and um, I love singing and I love being free and all that stuff. So there's so much in Frozen that does that for me um, with Elsa uh -huh. and and maybe it's because they're human characters and I relate more to that. That's the other thing I'm thinking of. You know, these are all animals and I'm finding my sure. ha I'm having a difficult time relating, although I can be very cat like. 
I hiss. <laughs> I claw. <laughs> Sometimes I bite. You know. It's true, guys. It's true. So, <laughs> my poor husband. Um, but it's hard for me to decide which one because I'm right out of the theater on this one. Yeah. And it was such a fun. Need some time to to sit with it a little bit. I feel like I saw everything I needed to see in Frozen and Big Hero Six, but I I want to go back and watch. Uh, Zootopia again because I want to see more. I want to go back and, and catch stuff I didn't I didn't get to. Did you cry at all during any of those? I three did not movies. get emotional. Uh, oh, in the oh. three of them? And not any of those three. Not that that makes it better or worse, but I'm just I'm just wondering because well, I'm that, a robot, man. That's, that's true. You are a robot. I don't get emotional. I, with with this one, I I found one moment very emotional, but I didn't cry. Yep. Uh, there's the end moment in Frozen. I actually did tear up a little bit. Uh, okay. The self-sacrifice moment in Frozen, uh, I teared up a little bit. Uh, in Big Hero Six, I I cried a little bit in that. So like there, that emotional aspect of this didn't hit me like as deep, except for one moment, and it was it was the moment with the, when the fox was telling his story. I thought that was pretty emotional. But yeah, that, that was that was really emotional. I don't remember. But I, I like to Robot put my, not help I like me to put my emotions, you know, and, and launch them into space. Yeah. So. <laughs> but you, I, you, I saw you cry it inside out. I know it can happen. Oh, that stupid <laughs> movie. <laughs> oh, I, well, that, I, I, no, 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 I, no, no, I, I, no. Let me, let me clarify. Not literally. Okay. I'm, I'm mad at it for making me emotional, <laughs> which is oh, the point okay. of the whole movie, that, right? Okay. So. Well, okay. <laughs> well, and now I'm curious because. Um, of last year, Inside Out was just so, so smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What did you guys think was smarter, Zootopia or Inside Out? Inside, Inside out. out. Inside Out. Hands That's down. Like, yeah. Okay. Because it's a different level. Because on, sure. Inside Out changes language, right? It changes your ability to communicate with people about how they're experiencing emotion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That can happen with Zootopia, with it allowing you to have a conversation and use examples from the movie to talk to people in your life. Like, oh, you remember this part, you know? The, the Fox flashback, for example, mm-hmm. you know, uh, bringing up the topics in that moment, you know, being able to talk to either young people or whoever was with you and use that as an example is different than being able to say, I think that I have discussed at the helm right now. And if you've seen the movie, you understand where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know, you understand that there's something kind of going on or I'm pretty sure I should let, you know, sadness come into the picture but i put her in her circle you know, people you know what i'm saying so so that's yeah. why i think that inside out will always sort of trump i will mm-hmm. tell you oh it's so funny that you just said trump because i was going to go to the fact that this movie <laughs> oh, yes this movie has so much to say about what's going on politically right now if you really think about it yeah i can see this entering kind of the cultural conversation of oh. what our politicians are saying who they are what they believe in and all You're that fun, so man it just it don't, hates you. Just don't bring attention to it. Oh, oh, okay. It's just, you okay. just let it go. It's okay. <laughs> let it go. Very nice. nice so, anything, anything else before we move on to uh, Fuller House? Yeah, y'all. we'll talk about oh, that. Well, I was going to say Trump is like a really good segue <laughs> into Fuller was, House. Yes, that's what I <laughs> well, was Let's talk thinking. about Patreon just a little bit first. Danae, tell us a little bit about how people can support this podcast. Yeah, you might not know this, but our entire network of podcasts exists because our fans support us financially every month. We use a website called Patreon. It's kind of like Kickstarter, but instead of it being everybody jumps in for a one-time project, this is a monthly support thing, and that really helps our studio continue to go with the expenses that happen when we do a show. We love doing what we do, and the podcasts are totally free for anybody to listen to, but our super fans are the ones that make it possible. So thank you guys so much. If you're a patron, 
for supporting our show at patreon.com. And it doesn't take much. A dollar a month uh, gets you some nice perks. $3 a month gets you the show early. Uh, $10 a month, there's even more perks. So you can go We check. hug you. We hug you. Yes. Yeah. No, that doesn't happen. Go to your house. I mean, and we, hug will. You. we will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A Danny Tanner hug. <laughs> We kick down your door <laughs> no. and squeeze you. Uh, so, so yeah. So you can give however you're feeling is right yeah. for your budget, and it helps keep us going. You have already launched three three, we- three weekly podcasts here at uh, the Shoe the Dough Podcast Network. So, thank you for doing that. If you want to support, check us out at Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com/slash Aaron and Danae, and you'll see all of the information there. There's also quick links at our website. That's AaronAndDanae.com. There you go. All right, everybody sing along. Dooba doo bop ba dow. Whatever happened to producer Boogie? <laughs> the milkman, the paper boy. Even on TV. Empty TV. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Fuller House, released on Netflix yeah. last weekend, yes. I think. And uh, first, I'm curious to know how much everybody has watched. Uh, I've watched the first two episodes. Danae? I watched the first episode. Spencer? Four. Daniel? I, I actually went through the first five. <laughs> nice. Wow. You're the, yeah, you're the so, winner. Well, oh, here's the reason awesome. why. Here, here's you the reason why. You were drugged. I was drugged by Danny Tanner's smile. <laughs> I couldn't Are resist. Are you sure it wasn't Uncle Jesse's smile? It could have been his right. as well. Uh, and it's a lucky guitar that he keeps forgetting. Okay, well, uh, then I have but, a question for you right off the bat then. Go right ahead. The, the should, fifth, yeah. should I? So I've only watched the first one. Should I judge okay. the entire series off of the first episode? Well, Spencer and I have an interesting way of talking about TV. and which I, Ever is, since Lost, um, I've gone with what I call a four core. Anytime there's an interesting show, I give it four episodes, and then it's yay or nay. Because okay. going back to Lost, I mean, I thought the first episode was f- phenomenal, but I really was not sold until Walkabout, and that was the fourth episode. So since that series, I'm like, oh, you know what? There could be a powerful episode in a series by four, and if it doesn't hit that mark, I'm done. Okay. I, uh, so I gave this said, one four. I've actually said the the same thing, but I do three. I call it the three episode test, which is you know Ooh. you have to give it nice because the pilot is always different. The pilot's just going to sure. be the pilot. Absolutely. The second episode, yeah. it's just finding its footing. By the third episode, they really should have okay. some sort of sense. Where okay, they're okay, going. okay. But this one isn't a pilot episode. This is a Netflix <laughs> but it series. Is. No, 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 because. In Netflix, they create the whole thing. Well, sure. So it's not like, okay, we're going to do one episode and see what everybody says. They're like, okay, we're going to produce this But many. you do realize other shows do that, too. Like when, a, no. when an episode has a pilot, they've already got six or seven in the can. No. Yes. No. So it's it's not like, you know. I'm an expert. That's not <laughs> true. That's actually it, not, true it's, it's it's not true It's debatable. It's not It's debatable because there are... There are a few shows that have a pilot and then they wait a few months and then they get back to it. I mean, well, like Man well, in the sure, High yeah, Castle yeah. did that. Man in the High Castle did that way back. If you if you flash back ten years, I like Jericho these guys. Did that. <laughs> I like these guys because even though I had no idea that, that was true, they are backing me up. Uh, that's it. <laughs> they're, kind of, they're kind of backing you up. <laughs> uh, We're sidestepping. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So so since you guys so four and also five episodes, Aaron, how many mm-hmm. did you say? I saw two. You saw two. I saw the first okay. two. Okay. Yeah. And, and the reason, let me let me clarify. The reason I did five is because the fifth episode is titled Mad Max. And um, I just wanted to watch it because of, you know, obviously coming out of Oscars season and Mad Max being the winningest film at the Oscars. So anyways, that that was the reason why I went with five. And that one was kind of like I was falling asleep. Uh (laughs) I was literally falling asleep, too, with that. Because this show is what I would say to me. 
it would be a good show to watch right before you go to sleep. It's it's already a Nick at Night show. Exactly, it is a Nick at Night. Just saying. Uh, T or TGIF, you know, back in the day on ABC, which was right. you know, which it was part of that it, lineup. It has that '90s flair. It, it does. Oh, totally. The 2010s. It reminds mm-hmm. me the only network that still does shows like this is uh, Disney Channel. It reminds me of like those Disney yes, Channel TV exactly. shows. Where, yeah. you know, there's Sweet a lot. Sweet like of Zack and Cody yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Where there's, you know, the cheesy audience laughter. People applaud <laughs> when people walk through doors. You know, it's yeah. just like, it's wow. It's it's just a flashback. Yeah, I felt yeah. like, and maybe this can be kind of like our initial impression. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like judging, I, did, I can't judge the whole show off of the first one. Because I felt like the first one was meant for the super fans that were in the room. Yes. Like, it's yes. not, well, do you know what I mean? Like, well, there's a whole like five second, yeah. you know, breaking of the fourth wall where they all stare at the camera oh, after they mention oh, the yeah. Yeah. Michelle and out yeah. Mary Kate Nashley. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I thought that was hilarious. I did too, actually. Did you? I thought it was well, really funny. Oh. Well, it's it's interesting because I was actually reading last night um, and I found a really fascinating uh, thing that Jeff Franklin, the creator, had actually, um, the idea behind the, uh, the first episode is our very first show again. That's the title of it. And the the first episode of Full House was our very first show. And so uh, Jeff had said that they had designed this episode as being like the true ending for the original series. It's like the f- super fans. Everyone's ending. moving on. Exactly. It's This is the end to Full House, but Be- yeah. also segueing into a new beginning, the next so to generation. Speak. Yeah, yeah. So to speak. exactly. Yeah. And, so I mm-hmm. found that to be really interesting because it is different. The, the 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 very first episode, but it's different for a reason because it's very much so. The entire episode feels like a giant ode, right, to the original series, and right. there's a reason for that because Jeff Franklin said that's what we were going for. Right. right. Do you feel now, do about? Do you think fans? Do you think fans feel cheated that the main cast pretty much disappears by episode two and three? I think I would hope that they would feel relieved. <laughs> no, I think the show has to go somewhere else. It has to. I, sure. Yeah, I don't it, think. Because what what I felt like was happening is that the audience was like uh, just in this state of euphoria, this sort of like, like you're back in time, you're on the couch, your kids are young again, you know, and they're just really excited to see these familiar faces and they're cheering their nostalgia on. They're not right. cheering a show that's giving us anything of substance. They're cheering right. on nostalgia. And mm-hmm. that, can't, that can't carry a show. So sure. for me, them leaving, I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. Like, that's good. <laughs> it's not that I don't want to see these people. Like, I hope they kind of come back in and maybe, like, you know, have their cameos. little sprinkle cameos yeah. and stuff like that. Sure. But I don't relate to those characters. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, I have moved on from that. And I'm hoping that if I was to dig into the show, that I could find something relatable in DJ Tanner and Stephanie mm. and, you which know. Which DJ Tanner? Right. Yeah, which DJ <laughs> now? Oh, yeah, because <laughs> Stephanie's claim on that. I kind of felt like the show was really held back in a lot of ways because it was playing to a live audience who they had to continue to pause for. And I'm, I'm, I, is it, was it live or was it all recorded? I don't know. I have no idea, but they, they, there was so much pausing in what they were doing. There was no like momentum and delivery. Yeah, I was going to say, you, one reason they have to go is because half that first episode was the audience applauding. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. just like, <laughs> that intro was so insane where each character got to walk into the room and get and you know, five a, minutes of applause. Yes. And then it was just like, what? But, and there but goes I, half the episode. Yeah, yeah, half the episode gone. <laughs> it was also interesting in the in the credits, it, you know, it said, in loving memory of, and then it gave, you know, a group of people that mm-hmm. obviously meant yeah. 
something. Yeah. And it's like the they would have loved this. And I did feel very strongly that this show, this very first one, was meant for those super fans. The people who loved mm. what happened on, on the set, who loved what happened with this, you know, series and was mm-hmm. just really truly like paying honor to it in a mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And so it was a tribute. It was a tribute. And so for for that, I can appreciate it. For substance I'm concerned. <laughs> sure. Oh, what did you guys yeah. think about? What did you guys think about the split screening of the, the song? The oh, song. Singing Flintstones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I love that. Again, I, it's going back to what you were saying that this is a tribute. This is an ode to the fans, the super fans, as well as the people who created the show. Yeah. So again, I honestly enjoyed the pilot. I thought it was a nice flashback. It was very nostalgic. Once we get to episode two, and, we, and this show starts kind of finding its new foundation. That's where I'm concerned, personally. <laughs> yeah. I'm being honest. Well, no, that's yeah, good. Because it, it, honestly, the entire episode, the first episode, that is, felt like a reunion episode. Yes. And it, it, it was it intended is, for, for that. For sure, yeah. And, and, but the, the thing is, it kind of seems as if everybody gets back together for one last hoorah, and that's it. And honestly, it felt more of like, and, and I'll be honest, by the end of the episode, I did like the split screen because it was kind of like, okay, we're coming to a close, we're coming full circle, we're going to end. By the end of the first episode, this is going to sound really harsh, but I thought, uh, why am I still watching it? In the sense of like, if it was going to be one episode of, you know, if they if they just had one episode like a full, on ABC. Like a Fuller House movie? Just, exactly, okay. just a TV movie, and they did that, and they ended it, so to speak. Um, I would I would have been a lot I uh, I would have been more okay with that. Um, but mm-hmm. although here, listen to the guy who actually blew through five episodes because <laughs> you know this. The, at the same time, like that's the feeling I got from the the first episode. And from that point forward, you're introduced to the characters who grew up, and yeah, the substance there is just very, uh, you know, it's on kind of shaky ground because they're trying to pave this new path of working in new pop culture like you know one of the dirty words is trump and stuff mm-hmm. like that and <laughs> right. it seems so different from uh the original series while also keeping its footing in the full house do you feel like series. it flipped networks like the the pilot was abc and then all of a sudden now it's disney channel it did, honestly and you guys brought up a really good point that it does seem like a disney show because it does seem as if it totally changed i wouldn't say totally changed tone but it does seem as if it is really trying to to pull in rein in this new audience and uh, the first episode was to appease family members who you know for example when i called my uh my family last night my mom and sister like we think that we're gonna watch it my sister was at my parents last night and she was stopping by so you know what we might actually just watch this episode so i think they're really getting the families who grew up watching this oh sure uh, the parents and then the kids and then from that point forward, after episode one, it's very much so kind of like this Disney uh, Channel flair of appealing to them while being a little edgier. Because, you know, we get to see the girls go out on the town. We get to see them, you know, drinking and which is plunging, very different. Plunging what? Uh, with the oh. nice V right on the cleavage. Yeah. yeah. Well, I felt like the show with Disney, Disney Channel, ABC Family, and then back to Disney Channel, just in that scene. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm just not, I I left behind laugh track sitcoms a long time yeah. ago for good reason. Uh, there is something so false about them 
that it's hard for my brain to engage in a real way with any depth. Well, it's about like you're being told going on. Here's where you're supposed to laugh. Yeah, yeah. And you it's feel like forced. you yeah. feel weird when you're not laughing. You're like that wasn't funny, and then now you have all these <laughs> memories of it not being funny, and so so then you're like, I guess this isn't relating to me. Yeah, and right. it's just and so I have a hard time. I get it. I know what they're trying to do. There's a nostalgia to it. In fact, the only show I watch now that actually has a laugh track is uh, the Tim Allen show, uh, I think, Last Man Standing. The Last Man Standing, yeah. Yes, And and, and it's because of that nostalgia for me of home improvement. That's the only reason Mm. I can take it. So I get how that can work. It's just not working here for me in any way that that keeps my brain engaged. I just, the jokes, 90% of them aren't funny. Yeah. They're just, they're really um, cliche. Well, they're superficial. Yeah, they're all very superficial. They are going for some depth here. I've seen them even in the second episode try to do a couple deeper things. It just yeah. doesn't land for me because the rest of it is so obviously manufactured. Yeah. I guess, you know, and only having seen one episode, there's a couple of things I for sure am annoyed by. And one of them is the whole forced relationship thing, which you begin to see at the very beginning, uh, which is, well, first you have DJ asking Stephanie why she's not married and having kids, which always just makes me insane. Like... <laughs> And <laughs> so Stephanie's like, that's just not my thing. That's your thing, you know? So I, right. they touched on it, but at the same time, you get that feeling like, you know, everybody had their kind of perfect moment. Even even the, the parents, you know, you've got everyone went off and lived their dream. We still have a nationally syndicated show. You know, the band's going mm-hmm. great, you know, or whatever. And I'm, I'm, right. a, I'm in Las Vegas. So you've got this sort of like unrelatable characters. Everybody seems to be, you know, my husband died saving lives, you know? So it's just like, okay, this is interesting. Everybody's kind of like you know super disney like you said um and the other thing that that i saw happening and i was like no is you've got a dj forcing son to go over and talk to gibbler's daughter to create yeah. a relationship and i'm like why do we have to do this like why can't that people... is a disney or, channel thing or yeah the, or dj's <laughs> yeah. ex-boyfriend appearing and being yep. like hey you want to get in a relationship like we've only been right. showing this show for like five minutes why does why? everybody have to have a potential hookup yes yeah. and so i'm afraid <laughs> right that off the bat that's one yeah. of the things that concerns me that is such a disney channel show thing it's all about you know boys up, and girls up, finding up. each other and so i'm curious mm-hmm. like as this show goes on episode four episode five are those things that they're still trying to kind of do? Are they, what's happening there? Sure. Yeah, that's. I'm, wouldn't you agree that kind of continues? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a Disney Channel, ABC Family. Which, what does anybody even know what ABC Family is today? Did they change their name? Apparently. Yeah, I think they did change their name. I forget uh, what it is, but yeah. But like Pretty Little Liars, sure. things, shows like that. It kind of has those elements. You got to have relationships involved. You got to have that boy next door. You got to do that sort of thing. And is it just weird? Is it for me that Gibbler and 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 her daughter are moving in. I feel like that's yeah. just odd to me. Yeah. But maybe it's, maybe it's just me. I mean, maybe they're trying to compliment the original. Well, now it's like very Brady series. Bunch. Yeah, exactly. Now I like the the idea of like uh, Gibbler, especially in like the original Full House. I was okay with that, where it kind of, you know they kept getting the annoying notes, neighbor like, coming, annoying yeah, neighbor, yeah. yeah, who never who kind of already lived there, but her moving in all that definitely. See, I, I want to say it felt forced, but it just there's so much to it that just to me started kind of falling flat and yeah. you think it's too convenient yeah i do um i i do because uh i mean the most convenient thing is that they keep the exact same thing you know that it's just gibbler just keeps coming over and she's the next door neighbor but it'll be interesting to see how they morph this uh you know past because now it's been picked up for season two but yeah. you know the one thing i kept thinking as well is that 
you know, Full House at the time that it aired was all about, you know, being part of shows that were like wholesome and, you know, family oriented. This at the same time, there was so much that I guess it's that new wave aspect that whenever I watched it, I saw like little glimmers here and there of what the show was. But I kept thinking, you know, why should I be thinking or watching a show about what a show once was or what the you know, original show was, because I want to be be able to appreciate it for what it is, and I can appreciate it for what it is, because I think it's still trying to find its footing from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it might be going that direction, but I think that's where I'm really kind of feeling that disconnect. There's just too much great TV on to spend time on a show like this, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, it's just, sure. there's, there's too many things I haven't seen that I want to see for me yeah. to go back and revisit something this surface. So I guess I'll ask this as we close out our discussion on Fuller House, mm-hmm. uh, basically yes or no, will you watch the next episode on your queue? No, I will not. Daniel? I I will only watch it if I'm really tired and <laughs> there's nothing else. If Netflix kind of forces me and, she, and it says, hey, you also could continue watching Fuller House. I'm like... You know, maybe <laughs> depends on how You're much more there, Danny man. Tanner I want. You're halfway there. Uh, I'm halfway there, but I'd say, I, honestly, I'd say no. Truthfully, today I can't find myself relating to anybody. Yeah, and that's a big thing for me. My favorite character is Max, um, based on just episode one because I the like kid? the kid. I the, think he's great. Too. He's yeah. great. He's he delivers his lines mm-hmm. really fun. He's got he's, cute. A, he's got a good sense. Yeah. So it'd be kind of fun to see like what the kids are able to do but i i i I think i'm out yeah i'm out as well for me it's wow it's all summed up we killed it for all it's all summed up for me in do you remember when they all sang together and it was so obviously lip-synced like it was like it was so bad like that's the whole show for me like yes it's a beautiful song there's beautiful sentiment to it but it's so false and it's so fake that I just can't buy into it. So that yeah. kind of sums it up. Yeah. For Rest me. in peace, Fuller House. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yes, exactly. Aww. Yeah. All right. We like to finish up the uh, finish up the show with our buried treasure. This is the one thing in pop culture uh, that has impacted you recently that you want to let people know about. Can be from any area of pop culture. Danae, why don't you kick us off today? I, as always, like to only talk about apps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got addicted to Candy Crush Soda. I uh, did not mean to. Wow, that's been out a while. Whoa. I know. I know. I know. I, let's just briefly talk about it for just a second. Okay. Okay. I was bored. <laughs> it was a bad decision. I hadn't played Candy Crush in a long time, but I was like, let's just see what this one is. Uh-huh. And um, I decided very specifically I'm not going to be linking this to my Facebook account because we all know what happens uh-huh. when you do that. Yes. You lose friends. Oh, I thought I thought you <laughs> you uh, forfeit your key to heaven. I thought it was oh, that works. Well, yeah. that's, that's part of it, I think. <laughs> I think Um, I actually kind of enjoyed it. Super colorful. You're back to just popping things and there's lots of bright colors and you feel like Uh you're being successful. But once you get to level 45, you have to have three friends. Oh, it's over. Before oh, and wow. they, you know, so it's, it reminds. <laughs> I totally forgot. That's how Candy Crush this was. You used to have today. to ask your yeah. friends <laughs> to help you get to the next level. Right. And I'm like, you guys are following a really horrible form. Like, yeah. It's time to drop that. Now I have everybody to hates the game, game requests because they do let you have friends that are like in the game that uh-huh. d- they're, they're soda they're your soda crush friends, uh-huh. which I think are probably all bots. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. It's been six days now, and none of them have none of back them have you. none of them have. So I actually am going to delete the game. It's a mercy and killing they've, today. They've it's a mercy killing. Me. You don't need this. No in more your life. spring cleaning. Yeah, <laughs> you don't yeah. you don't need this in your life. Uh, like Febreze. But for 45 game, like let's say you got to travel and you just want something mindless to do. 
It was actually pretty fun. There you go. What about you, Daniel? Oh, boy. You know, honestly, I would have to... This is going to sound really strange, but... Uh, Disco music. What? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's so great. That was unexpected. That I love it. Flashback Friday. Buried treasure. Yeah, it's, hey, it's guys, let flashback. me tell you about this buried treasure. It's called disco. <laughs> yeah, disco. Exactly. Um, here, here's the thing. I, I, I started watching. I don't know if you guys have seen it, uh, but it's fascinating. It's vinyl on HBO. I have heard about it. I have not watched yeah. it yet. And it's Martin Scorsese, Mick Jagger. They're the executive producers. Uh, Scorsese actually directed the first episode. Anyways, it takes place in 73 in New York City. And it's such a fascinating time because that's whenever you get within like six months, you get punk rock. Hip hop. Uh, yeah, hip hop and then uh, disco. And so anyways, I was going back and uh, <laughs> on my, uh, I, I was actually um, just going through and cleaning up the house. And Donna Summers comes on my playlist. Nice. And I'm like, <laughs> You know what? I, I don't get enough of Donna Summers and uh, some other older music like that. And I'm not talking about like the old, you know, R&B knock on wood. I'm talking about the full-fledged disco knock nice. on wood. So, yeah. There you I, go. And, and that's, I, I, I think from now on I might start running to disco music. There wow. you go. Yeah. There you go. Staying alive. Yeah, you exactly. Should, you should fashion one of those... Um, fishing poles and then hang a disco ball in front of your head like you're running after you oh, know, like a carrot cool. in front of your head <laughs> but it, use a disco that ball have a light on there yeah. yes yes I, I think if someone uh, were mercy. to see that it would you know you'd with be a the, youtube the sensation yeah yeah then instead of the helmet with the little uh pilot uh, <laughs> yeah. uh wings on top it's yeah, yeah. just disco ball spinning and it's just shooting out <laughs> these lasers and nice. anyone who gets hit turns into a disco lover immediately yeah. grows a fro <laughs> I'm yeah, loving exactly. that. <laughs> so, so be watching the, the, the news this week, and I might be arrested. <laughs> this just I hope in. not. This just yeah, in. It, it, with, with that, because I might, you know, my, it might be one of those things. It's like, oh, my gosh. We don't want to turn much. you into Fuller House yeah, and have to cancel you. I know. <laughs> I, I don't want to be like Danny. It's like, all right, sorry, I got to go. I have a show to do. Bye. Yeah. All right. What about you, Spencer? Oh, boy. Um, TGIT is always fun on ABC. Mm. I, I will admit that I love How to Get Away with Murder. Guilty pleasure. It is. I would call that my guilty pleasure show. Absolutely. Okay. It is so much fun. But not just that show, but I'm also geeking out with Legends of Tomorrow and CW. And on NBC, and we've talked about this, Aaron, but uh, you mean the apocalypse. Yeah. Which is now, I watched last night's episode, no spoilers here, but it totally went from this comedy, dramedy, into total drama. As as the time as the clock is ticking for this uh, comment to hit, and I just think it, yeah, it, but it's just really interesting. It's with Rob Lowe um, and Jenna Fisher from The Office, and it's really getting serious. It's really hitting home with these concepts of you know what is important with the last days on Earth, and mm -hmm. are we going to survive? And so, TGIT for me overall, with over spanning three networks, I I just I totally geek out. And jumping back to Legends of Tomorrow, it is cheesy as can be, but you know what? It, it brings out your inner nerd as a kid. It's like one of those Saturday morning uh, WB shows, you know, like Batman versus Superman or Spider-Man. And it's, I mean, it, it's an adult version, but it, it's so cheesy, but yet it's just, it's it's a guilty pleasure of me, uh, of mine, to enjoy a show like that. Just to, uh, of tomorrow. Just to relieve the uh, confused look off of Danae's face. I'm like, thank God it's Thursday. <laughs> yeah, thank God it's Tuesday, right? Is that is that what it is? Thursday. 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 It's, thank God it's Thursday. On, on ABC, that's Shonda Rhimes. Basically, she owns ABC that's right. Thursday nights because it, she's, Grey's Anatomy has been on for, what, 13 years now? It's been on forever. Yeah. So it's the <laughs> soap opera of Thursday nights. So 
Uh, but it starts with Grey's, then Scandal, now How to Get Away with Murder, and then Shonda Rhimes is an executive producer, creator of these shows, and then she's got a fourth one coming out soon called The Chase. Well, which is like uh, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, it sounds. Oh, like, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Aaron, what so about you? What's your buried treasure? Uh, I found uh, to pull a Danae. I found a game app that uh, one of my sons introduced me to. That's actually really fun. Do you guys like uh, back in the day Choose Your Adventure books? Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So there's an app by Three Minute Games called Lifeline. There's actually three of them. They are each 99 cents, and they are choose your own adventure in uh, app form. And what's interesting about it to me, and the reason I, it's really kind of hooked me in, is basically your phone becomes uh, communication for somebody lost on a distant moon. And so they're communicating with you, sending you know like messages to you one line at a time, and then you're helping them through surviving on this distant moon. And oh, wow. and what's interesting about it is like when you tell them to do something, it'll say, okay, I'm going to do this. And it'll say, you know, Taylor is busy. And then so it happens almost kind of like in real time. Does, so does the it give time you like a that's really cool. Push notification. Yeah. yeah like when, it's like when he comes back on calm, you'll get a push notification that he's trying to communicate with you. And then you go check out what he's saying and then maybe give him another choice. And he's like, okay, I'll build that thing. And then he's are you gone responsible for, and, for his life? And, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, are these life and death decisions? Yes, some of them are. Oh, oh man. Wow. Do you remember those little keychain things where you had to feed your Tamagotchi? little... Tamagotchi? Was that the... Yes, yes. Okay, is it kind of like that where you're like, if you don't feed them, they die no, and you feel no, 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 bad no. for it? No, he is, he is an independent <sighs> human being on another planet, but he is depending on you to make some of these decisions, you know. So is it like The Sims meets... I, I Meets Sam Rockwell and Moon. Uh, there's, yeah, it's, yeah, Sam Rockwell and Moon. Boy, what a great movie. Um, <laughs> so it's like that. Uh, it, so there is some of that to it. But what's interesting is it's all text. It's not like you're seeing anything except his text messages to you. It's like this guy from a distant moon is texting you in real time like with NASA, these questions. You, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Telling, you're giving him the orders. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So it's called Lifeline, cool. and I'm having a great time with it. And I actually just finished Lifeline, so I'm getting ready to download the second one. Uh, and I, I will say, because we all know Choose Your Own Adventure books, I got to the non-dying ending without ever dying. Oh, so. congratulations. I went back I'm and replayed sure it. Tyler appreciates he did. that, or he Taylor, did. whatever his name is. Taylor, I went back and played it so I could kill him a couple times and see how that worked. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, while, while, while you were doing that, Aaron, were you singing Ground Control to <laughs> Major Tom? No, no, I wasn't. Frump. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I, did, I did the jump part. Did you hear that? No, I did not hear the drum part. I'm Trump, sure it was. Trump. I'm sure it was very was, well done. I did a really good job. All right, that's all we got, guys. Uh, it has come to the end of another Sift Pop. Uh, thank you so much for being with us today. And thanks for those who joined us in the live chat. If you have not yet joined us for a chat while we record, we record with a live internet audience every Friday at noon central on Mixler.com/slash Shoe the Dough. Don't forget, Sift Pop is part of the Shoe the Dough podcast network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed. That's at Mix com slash shoe the dough. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash shoe the dough. You find out more about Aaron and Danae. That's us at AaronandDanae.com. Huge thanks once again and applause for our gurus today, Daniel and Spencer. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Well done. It was well so done. good to have you on the show. Absolutely. Well, ho- ho- hopefully we get renew- renewed. I know. Yeah. <laughs> how, how are your cheeks? Are, are you still glued together, guys? Or? We, we actually broke apart during the discussion of Full oh. House. It, it yeah. split us apart. That's yeah. gross. Yeah. That's yeah, really that, that gross. helped us a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's and, really and, gross, guys. And, and words of DJ, have mercy. <laughs>
don't forget uh, a much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters as well, I should say, for giving monthly to make this show and others on the Shoe the Dough Network possible. Thanks, guys, so, so much. Support starts at a dollar a month, comes with some really fun perks. You can find out more info at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. Also, if you know of a podcast or have a podcast idea that you'd like to see on the Shoe the Dough Network, make sure you let us know. All feedback is welcome at Aaron and Danae at gmail.com. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. I don't know what that was. I have no idea what that was either, but you should do it again. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.